last week we started on something. I told him Friday night I did something I had never done before, but I'm going to do it now, I guess. Uh, I started a series on Friday night, and I, I had never done before, but we did. And I guess I started one last Sunday because I only went this far. And um, so today I want to continue on it. It was, um, um, so you call yourself a Christian. And last week I taught on love yourself. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, if we don't start out loving ourselves, then how are we ever going to love our neighbor? Because if we just hate ourselves and we go around feeling bad towards ourselves, then our neighbor is in big, big, big trouble. Because uh, that's the the devil's number one tool is to get us to dislike ourselves. Because if we dislike ourselves, we're never going to walk in victory. We're never going to walk in our full life. We're never going to walk in the good things that God has for us because we don't know anything good because we're always bitter at ourselves. And uh, we always dislike ourselves. When you get up in the mirror, you don't even want to look at yourself. And um, so we've got to start by saying, say it with me, God loves me. And it would do you very, very good to get up in the morning and the very first thing that you do before you have your coffee, before you brush your teeth, before you do anything, first thing when you hit that bathroom or whatever you do and you look in that mirror and you say, God loves me. God loves me. He sent Jesus to die for me. And that you remember that throughout the day. And if you've got to put post-its everywhere and you've got to put signs everywhere and you've got to do whatever it takes to remind yourself that God loves you, then you should do that. Because you'll never be able to minister something to someone else that you don't have yourself. And if you don't have the love of God residing in you, you can never give it to someone else. It's just like money. If you don't have any money, can you give any money to anyone else? If you're so broke that you can't pay your light bill, can you pay somebody else's light bill? Well, if you don't have any love residing in you, can you give love to somebody else? It is totally impossible. If you don't have any peace inside of you, can you give peace to someone else? If you don't have any victory living inside of you, can you give victory to somebody else? If you don't have any joy inside of you, can you give joy to somebody else? So that's what happens to people is they go through their day without anything of God inside of them. And how are they ever going to minister it to somebody else? You can't. So we got to start out like what we talked about last week. And this is just a quick review. Loving yourself. Why do so many people, why aren't Why isn't every chair in here today full of people? Because you know, if we walked out this door today, we wouldn't have to walk very far. We could start knocking on doors, and you would find people sitting at home, not in church this morning. Now, why is that? You all want to know the answer, don't you? It's very simple. Because most people have never truly applied the Word of God in their life to see the results that they need to get in their life. 
Because if you ever truly apply the Word of God in your life, it will work and it will give you results that everyone will want. If you truly, truly love yourself to start with, you will have joy and you will have peace and you will have victory and you will have all the things God wants you to have and everybody will want to be just like you. They will come up to you asking you, what is that that you have? They will want what you have. But if you don't like yourself, why do they want to be like you? So if we don't start with the very first of commandments, love the Lord your God, you can't love God if you don't love you. Then uh, where do we go from there? So we got to start with the very first. We can't skip that step. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to go way past that step and go on and get our needs met and go on and get healed and go on and get all these other things. But the thing about it is, if you don't know how much God loves you and you don't know how much you are to love God, that's where everything comes from. That's where every answer comes from. That's where every need comes from. That's where everything comes from. If you don't know how much I love you, then you wouldn't come to me and ask me for anything because you would think, she's not going to give me anything. She doesn't care about me. But if you truly know how much your spouse loves you or your parent loves you, then you don't mind going. How many of you have parents that you just walk in their house today and just get anything out of the refrigerator that you wanted? You wouldn't mind it at all because you know that's what they would want you to do. Well, that's the way you have to be with God because you know He loves you. But most people relate God to natural people. They relate God to people that they have met. So they can't go any further than that. They relate God to their parents or their friends or their relatives or other people that they've come in contact with that have let them down throughout their lives or that have been dishonest with them or that have never kept their word to them. And so, therefore, that's all they have to base it on is these people that have let them down in their lives so they don't know how good God is because all they see is people. And God is not a man that he can lie. He will only tell you the truth and he will only do you good all the days of your life. And the fact is because we have so many people in the world that are so involved in their selves that all they see is what they need and what they want that they don't think about the person next to them, whether it's a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad. I mean, it shouldn't be in society that parents throw their kids away or kill their kids or abuse their kids or burn them with cigarettes or, or torture them or, or, or drown them in a bathtub. That should be totally unheard of because a parent, a father, is supposed to be an example of our Father God. But it's no wonder people can't trust our Father God because they can't trust their natural fathers. 
they've grown up with natural fathers that have abused them and mistreated them and let them down and never kept their word to them and lied to them and told them there were fake and fictitious characters that gave them things and said, trust me, trust me, trust me. God is not that way. If He tells you something in His Word, it is true. You can stand on it. You don't have to turn your back on it. You don't have to wonder it. The biggest problem that you have is trusting this because you've never truly trusted anything in your life. You can trust this with everything that you have. And trust is an issue that most of us in our society today know very little about. Because very few people have one person in their life, much less two or three or four, that they could say, I would trust them with everything that I have. Because everything that they've ever told me that they would do, they've done it and kept their word to me. I've never had to doubt them. But this person you can trust. If he says, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed, then you can stand on it, you can trust it, you can know it. When you wake up in the morning, if you're hurting, and you look in the mirror and you say, I don't care what that pain says, I don't care how I'm hurting here, I don't care what this says, I don't care what this says, I don't care what this says. He said, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You can trust him. Why? Why can you trust him? Because he loves you. Because he is a God that truly loves you. He loves you. He gave everything he had for you. If he says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then your light bill is not paid. What does that mean? You quit trusting him. He did not let you down. James talks about he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, tossed. And let that man see that he receives nothing of the Lord. You have to change your mindset and be honest with your own self for a few minutes and say, you know what, maybe I'm the one that's not truly trusting God. Maybe my trust is not strong enough. Maybe it's not that God has let me down. Maybe it's my trust level could come up just a little bit. Because it's like she said, I've never really had anybody that has never truly been there for me all the time and has never everything that they've said been there and given me everything that they said they would give me and been there through thick and thin and good and bad. Because most friends are fair-weather friends. 
They're your friend when things are good, but when things are bad, they go a-running. Or they talk about you behind your back. God's not that way. He's your friend when things are good. He's your friend when things are bad. He's your, good when, he's your friend when things look good. He's your friend when, th- when you can't get out of bed because you're so upset. He's still your friend. So you have to trust him and know that he loves you beyond a shadow of a doubt. And when you get that settled in your heart, then we can move on to today's message. Have you got that settled? That was just extra. Like he says, I won't charge you a dime for that. That's just extra. So are you ready for today's? All right. Can you guys put up the message Bible? And no laughing when we read it, all right? We are in church, right? Okay. Are you all ready for it? Verse 27. Let's start with that. To you who are ready for the truth. How many of you in here are ready for the truth? Okay. I say this. Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. How hard is that? Okay, when someone gives you a hard time, respond with energies of prayer for that person. Can we do that? Put yourself in here now. Who is he talking to? Us. Okay, when somebody gives you a hard time, respond with energies of prayer for that person. Okay, now here goes the next one. No laughing. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. See how quiet? Let's try it. All right? (laughs) Now, how many of you would do it? Uh Uh-huh. I don't think so. If your sister slaps you in the face, what are you going to do? Huh? Uh-huh. We're in church. Don't tell a lie. Okay. Stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, now listen to this next part. Gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. How many of you can do that? Uh-huh. Now that means, this is what that means. Let me make it very, very clear. If someone goes in your house and steals your shirt, and you know they stole it, you know it was them because they were the only one in your house. You're supposed to, that very evening, go get your coat and make a present of it for them. Now that was, wait a minute, wait a minute. So we're called Christians now, right? How is the world going to know us any different from the sinner? Huh? Because we react different than what the sinner does. That is the only way that the world is going to know that we are God's children. Do you know that when you get saved, 
This flesh does not get saved. It is your spirit on the inside of you that gets saved. And this flesh, when you get saved, if you don't watch it, it will do exactly the same thing as it did before. But what happens when you get saved is something on the inside of you, every time a situation happens, it tells you react differently. Because the greater one then lives inside of you. And when a situation arises, okay, let me test you on it. You're walking through the grocery store. And you knock something off the shelf. What does that something on the inside of you tell you to do? And how many of you look around to see if anybody's looking? To decide if you're going to pick it up or not? Or, if somebody gives you extra money back. Does something inside you tell you to let them know that they gave you too much money? Or do you say, no, God just blessed me with some extra money? There's something inside us that tells us what to do in those situations. Or when your boss just chewed you and a co-worker out. Something inside of you tells you how to react. And it's not the same way as your sinner co-worker. It's not to go back to your desk and talk about your boss the same way as your sinner co-worker just did. Oh, it got quiet bad place. Something inside you tells you how to react. And the Word tells us how to react if we don't know, but also the greater one inside us tells us how to react. There should be a distinguishing factor between us and the world. This is the commandment. We're to love God and love our neighbor. That's how people are to know that we are Christians. That's why this church is not full today. Because nobody can tell us apart from the world. Because we react the same way the world does in most situations. And people can't tell us apart. We are to be a peculiar people. We are to gift wrap our coat when they just stole our shirt. And people are to look at us funny. And when somebody slaps our face, oh, wow! (laughs) We're supposed to stand there and say, you know what? Like Keith says, they just tripped. They didn't mean to. (laughs) They're just having a bad day. Take it out on me. I can take it. Amen. I got the greater one living inside of me. Things are going bad for you today. Here's your pulp. I can handle it. I can help you out. I got the greater one. Here, come talk to me about it. Having a bad day? I'm strong in the Lord. We'll talk to God about it. Come on. Instead of falling to pieces because they slapped you. 
you should be strong enough to be able to handle your stuff and help somebody else with theirs. But what's happening is we haven't been. Jude talks about, in verse 20, you building up your own self on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But what happens is everybody wants somebody else doing their praying for them so that they can be built up. But if you'll build yourself up when somebody else is having a hard time, they got somebody to help them. But we got to help the world to get over their situations so that they know who to turn to. All right, let's keep going. If someone slaps you, we'll go over that verse again. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice a servant life. No more tit for tat. Live generously. So you know the person that got the promotion that you didn't get? Or your sister that got the gift that you wanted? I think it's sad that, you know, everybody has to get, when you give people a raise, you've got to give every person exactly the same thing or somebody's feelings are going to be hurt. It's not that way in the Bible. People get rewarded according to what they do. Not because we're all along the same level. It's in, it's in accordance to what people do as to how they're rewarded. It shouldn't be that everybody is getting, okay, you get this and you get this and you get this and you get this and everybody gets a penny. No, that's not how it happens. You get record, rewarded according to what you do. And we should be stronger than that and bigger than that. We should be stronger that we don't wear our feelings on our sleeve to where every little thing somebody says just breaks us down and we have to go in our bedroom and put a cool cloth on our heads and say, oh, poor me. How am I going to make it through today? They said that negative thing about me. Well, if that was true, I wouldn't be standing here today because let me tell you what happened to me the very first time I spoke at our other church. You want to hear it? I'll tell you a story. You want to hear another story? Okay. We had our first service in Branson. Keith didn't know he was going to pastor So he had meetings scheduled every Sunday. We're going to pastor. Keith's gone. Kind of like here. (laughs) Him and his vision ideas, I'm telling you. (laughs) Don't you love it? I love being the doer. Anyway, so here we are. We're pastoring. He says, Phil, you know I got this meeting this week, this week, this week, and this week. Mm-hmm. So you know you get to do it. Mm-hmm. That was still at the point in times where I was throwing up, I think, every time I had to speak. And uh, my knees were like this, you know. I've gotten a little bit better. And uh, he still has to coax me all the way driving to be able to do it. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. Anyway. So I speak that first day, and it's on the Internet. I get this wonderful, wonderful, charming, ugly gram, as Keith calls him. 
why would you put her in the pulpit? She is a disgrace to you and to the body of Christ. Oh, it was, it was a real major, major joy for me to read, to have to get up for the next three weeks and to speak. Now, if you let things get to you, you will never accomplish what God has planned for you to do. You'll never do it. Because what the devil has planned is to send the very thing that he knows is going to upset you, that you're already weak in that area. He'll send it right to you, and he'll gift wrap it. And he'll make sure you see it. Well, ever since then, our associate Dave, he makes sure we don't see those. He wouldn't let us see one of those. I don't care if it cost him his job. And we tell him, no, give us... Because some things you do need to see because, you know, if you need to correct something, you want to know it. If you, you know, no way we're not seeing that. But it's the same thing with you. If you wear your feelings on your sleeve... The devil's going to make sure that your feelings get hurt every day. So don't do it. Don't do the tit for tat because somebody's going to try to tit you so you can tat. They can come back and tat you. And they'll steal from you. They'll steal your joy. They'll steal your job. They'll steal everything that you have. So make sure that that's not your position. Okay? Here's a simple rule of thumb of behavior. Ask yourself what do you want people to do for you? Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Now, how hard is that? Most people do just the opposite. They sit around and think about what people should do for them instead of grabbing the initiative and doing it for other people. What should you do? Okay. Say you want somebody to give you $10. What should you do? You should find as many people as you can find and give them $10. It's just that simple. Ladies, let me give you a quick revelation. I heard about this 30 years ago. The very first thing that I did was I went home and I cleaned out my closet. Somebody went to Keith and they told him, you're going to have to go buy her all new clothes. He said, uh-uh, I'm not her source. And he hasn't been. I have never lacked for clothes. And I have never lacked for money. I learned it real quick. I never hold on to money. Mm-mm. As soon as somebody gives me money, I find the quickest people I can get my hands on that the Lord deals with me about. I give it away, 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 give it because I know there's a lot more where that came from. And if I stop up the channel, I'm going to be stopping it up. And as soon as I get a new shirt, I find out, okay, I got a new shirt. Let's find somebody to give one to. I've never liked for shoes. I've never liked for jewelry. You see this ring I got on my finger? I gave away. See how quiet y'all got? We were at a Christmas party one year. 
there was this girl there, and I was there with my husband, and I had on my wedding ring. And I went to my husband, and I said, Keith, I don't know what it is. I know this sounds really far-fetched, but the Lord dealt with me that I am to give away my wedding ring, and I'm to give it to her. He said, hmm, check your heart. If you really feel like it's God, do it. I waited about an hour, and I went to that girl, and I gave her my wedding ring. I did not know the situation. There's no way you can know situations. I went to the girl, I gave her my wedding ring. Is a wedding ring something very precious to you and dear to your heart? There should be nothing in your life that means more to you than God. If it is, throw it away. Nothing in your life more valuable to you than God, your heavenly Father. Get rid of it if it is. If it's got more value to you than your Father, it's too important to you. So I went to her. And I said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but the Lord dealt with me to give you this. And she broke down and started hysterically crying for 20 minutes. She, I could not get her to quit crying. She said, you don't understand. I said, I don't have to understand. I learned a long time ago, you don't have to know everybody's story. If God tells you to do something, you do it. She said, my husband and I were filing for divorce tomorrow. Now, what more valuable and precious than a wedding ring that comes off your finger to give to somebody that's about to get a divorce? She went to him and told him that. He broke down and started crying. They didn't file for divorce. They're in the mission field today in Mexico, have had thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved turned people's lives around, have a Bible training center there, have taught, and I don't know how many people that have started churches of their own, ministries of their own, led people to the Lord, and have affected different nations and ministers gone out of there around the world that probably would have never happened because they would have been divorced. Now, what is more important? A gold band with a diamond on it? Or people's souls that will burn in hell for eternity? And I learned a long time ago, if God deals with me to do something, He's got a better plan for me. Well, it took a few years. 25 to be exact, he gave me this one. Now, there's a little bit of difference between this one and my other one. (laughs) But at the time, it was the most 
costly thing I had. What would you like for somebody to do for you? Would you like for somebody to minister to you in an area that you are really, really hurting in? Would you like for someone to minister to your kids? Would you like for someone to minister to your brother, your sister that's on drugs? Would you like for somebody to minister to your parent that's... You don't live close to them. And they need help. They need food brought to them. Would you like for somebody to minister to your cousin, your aunt, your uncle? Would you like for somebody to help you find a job? Whatever area... Is that what it said? Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself, what do you want people to do for you? Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Is this Bible? If you want someone to help take care of your parents wherever they are, or your brother wherever he is, or your sister wherever he is, and give them a ride to the doctor, give somebody then you grab the initiative and do it for someone else. I learned a long time ago, if I will take care of God's, He will take care of mine. So start it today in your life. Love your neighbor. What is a neighbor? A neighbor is a person who is nearby. A neighbor doesn't necessarily have to be the person that lives in the house next door to you. It has to be a person who is nearby you. It could be a co-worker. It could be a friend. It could be a relative. A neighbor is someone that lives close to you or, or around you or you work with or is at church with you. A neighbor is someone you're sitting next to. So many times people come in and they, you have to know because you're the same way. People put on an air that everything is great and everything is wonderful and everything is perfect. But deep down, there's things going on in their lives. That night, when I gave that ring to that girl, you would have never known by looking at them they were getting a divorce the next day. So don't look at the outward appearance of people. If God deals with you to walk up to somebody and hand them $500 or hand them $50 or hand them $5, you walk up to them and you don't think about it twice. Don't let the devil have time to think and play in your head. As soon as God deals with you about doing something, you walk up to them and you hand it to them. Keith and I have walked in without our shoes, without our coats, without our jewelry. I have gone into airports and ladies behind ticket counters taking off my earrings. Anything that God deals with you to do, you do it. If he deals with you, just give somebody a hug. Maybe that's the greatest thing that they need today is a hug. If he deals with you, give them $20 toward their light bill, then do it. Whatever God deals with you to do, then you do it. 
That's how we love our neighbors. That's how we begin to show the love of God. When people mistreat us, you know, the word says that if when somebody mistreats you, you love them back, you'll heap coals of fire on their head and they can't hardly stand it. When you, you substitute love for hate, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to react. It's like, what? I just mistreated you. And you're baking me a cake? We've seen it over and over and over and over again. People that meant to do us harm, we loved them. We paid off their car. We paid off their house. We cooked for them. We took care of them. We did things for them. And I mean, it's the most amazing thing. You pay off somebody's car, they just begin to love you. In spite of what their flesh wants to do, they just love you. Or you take care of somebody's kids when they've been mean to you, and you take their kids shopping and buy buy them a whole new wardrobe. When they don't like you at all, but you take care of their kids, you'll be really, really surprised at how they treat you the next time they see you. They'll quit talking bad about you behind their back, and they'll, they'll begin to tell people, well, you just really don't know them. Instead of them being the one to start the bad conversation, they'll be the one that corrects the bad conversation. When you sow love for hate, they cannot do anything but love you back. Because love never fails. It is totally unstoppable. Completely. No matter what they do to you, you start the initiative and you start loving them. You buy them things, you do things for them, you hug them. And you'll find out real quickly whether it's your brother or your sister. Maybe, and I think this is a situation that's going on in here. Maybe your parent died. And maybe, I think it was a brother that got, went in and got everything. You've been bitter at them. You know what bitterness breeds? I've seen it over and over again. Cancer. It'll breed things in your body. Bitterness. Go to them. Say, I know that happened when mom and dad died. But you know what? It's okay with me. Mom and dad weren't my source anyway. God's my source. And you know what? You may have taken all that stuff, but here, I want to give you $1,000. Go enjoy yourself. Because you know what? They ain't not your source. And I don't care how much money mama and daddy had, they ain't got near as much as God's got. And as long as you hold on to that, you ain't never going to get a hold of his. He's got way more than mom and daddy had. Love never fails. Say it with me. Love never fails. Never fails. Never fails. Don't do the tit for tat, okay? Stand up with me on your feet. God is a good God. 
our first commandments is that we love him and we love our neighbors. If we can get that right, we can win the whole wide world to God. But we can't go further than that. We've got to get that. And we needn't kid ourselves that we got it. Because it's too easy that we get our feelings hurt when somebody says something bad about us. And we shut ourselves up in our room and we eat the whole box of chocolate ice cream. We can't do that. We just got to brush it off like it doesn't mean anything to us. Let ourselves go. Don't give the devil any place in our lives. Say this with me. Father God, I love you. You love me. And with that love, you have graced me to love others and be a shining light for you. To all those who don't know you and who do know you. With your abilities and with your graces, I will walk in that love greater and greater every day. Every day I will shine brighter and brighter with your love. I love you, and you love me. Thank you for that love. And now thank Him for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord.